Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. And we got breaking moves. Yes, Chris Tierney and the Ottawa Senators have agreed to a contract avoiding arbitration. We'll tell you the ins and outs of that deal. And get into our top remaining free agents. We'll also take a look at the Sens playing in Europe. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day. Today is Monday, October 26th, and Pilsy, we've got another RFA off the market. You love seeing those RFAs get signed before the arbitration deal, and hey, this is one of my guys, Chris Tierney. I'm happy to hear that he uh, got an extension, he re-signs with the Sens, and yeah, Ross, you hit me with the news, and I was worried it was going to be a one-year deal. I'm happy with a two-year deal. I think that fits perfectly. I think a three-year deal would have been a little too much for Tierney because you know you've got uh, guys coming up in the center position that are hopefully going to leapfrog him. But two-year deal gives him a little more time to be a veteran and the Senators need veterans. And I'm not sure if those centers prospects are ready to jump Tierney. So it's nice having some stability and some security with them. And then who knows, maybe at the end, the last year of his deal, you move him at the deadline for some decent pieces. This takes him right up to unrestricted free agency. Uh, he's 26 years old right now. So actually a one-year deal would have done the same thing. So adding that second year is great. Here's how it breaks down. It's a two-year deal. AAV, the cap hit, is $3.5 million. As with most contracts, the first year is $2.8 million. We know escrow is extremely high. And then in the second year, $4.2 million. This is an offensive player. He's cut... 48 points in his first year in Ottawa, put it again 37, but with two more goals in the 71 games. He would have cracked 40 points had they played the remainder of the season. So he brings that middle six dynamic. Does he play with pace? Not always, but does he have good vision, good hockey IQ? Can he kill penalties as well? Yes, he can do all those things. So adding a guy that versatile at the cap hit, he is right around, like literally he and Connor Brown. We said the one-year arb would be $4 million for both. Well, one signs for 3.6, the other for 3.5. Yes, Connor Brown, one more year on that deal. Well, he's also two years younger. So all in all, tidy piece of business. We should give Bruce Garrioff credit. He's the only one currently that has it. And because he did it at 11.20, we literally finished recording at 11.15. So all that goes in the garbage. Now we're here. The daily home for your senator's content we're not kidding around eh Pelsey? yeah not kidding around at all i was mid editing and hey our reaction episodes have done well and it's good because you kind of work through you work through this as we're going and you mentioned a couple things that i really like that you hit on he has offensive abilities like when he's put in position he can make such nice passes good vision but the real one that you hit on that i want to kind of echo louder is his penalty killing ability. You lost a lot of your penalty killing veterans in Nemestikov and Pajot. And I think DeMello even killed some penalties too, didn't he? Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, so you're looking at three guys who were a big part of your penalty kill. And even Duclair killed some penalties. 
Yeah, well, that's where you got that speed where hopefully Formanton will uh, plug in there and get the same kind of results, if not better. But with Tierney, you're getting a centerman that can kill penalties and score on the shorthanded goals as well. So you love seeing that. And the Senators, they needed to get some stability down the middle. We know about these young guys coming up, but right now, Chris Tierney was pretty much slotted as their number one center. I would say you put him above Colin White after the season Colin White had. So it's important to keep this guy around, and I don't think they paid too much for him. People on Twitter are, are saying maybe they're going to have a hard time trading that contract. This is not mega deal here, 3.5 over two years. Like He's going to be okay, he's going to be movable, and he can move up and down any team's lineup, in my opinion. And I've never heard a guy sign a contract and be like, oh, well, yeah, in the second year we'll move him. That's not how the mentality of these guys work. You hope that the marriage works, and if he's Mm -hmm. contributing, he's not going to move. He's going to make himself a home in that middle six in Ottawa. But we should note this does make him expansion eligible, and every team has to have a certain amount of guys like that. So Ottawa couldn't do what they did last year where they're just handing out one-year contracts to everybody. You need that flexibility that the Seattle expansion draft with it looming. And we're going to get into that later as there's more unknowns. Like the teams are still building. We don't even know who's on which team. And that's before all the trades. There's just so much time between that. But Chris Tierney, let's go, let's talk the same as we did when Dadnov signed our reaction to that. Who would you like to see him paired with on his line, flanking on both wings first day of training camp? It's interesting. There's a couple guys. And the thing is, Chris Tierney is such a versatile player. You could get a couple guys playing with him. I wouldn't even mind a guy like Batherson getting to play with Chris Tierney. Like we said, he's got good vision. He's a good passer. So he can set up Batherson on that right side if they start uh, on either the second or third line or even first line. I don't know where you're going to put Tierney. I think he could play well with Kachuk. That would also be a good combination. You could play him with Dadanov. Again, good vision. You want to be able to pass that puck off to a sniper. That would be a nice combo. So this is why Chris Tierney is such a nice signing because it gives you so many options to set up your roster come uh, opening day in the NHL, whenever that is. Yeah, the only thing I worry about is putting too much speed on his wings. I I like to see him with some other smart players. Like I think Dadanov would be an awesome guy. To see, to see pair with Tierney. Uh, and then, yeah, if you want to add a guy on the left wing, I've been very vocal that I would love to see Abramov and Dadnov start the season on the same line. And if it's not Stutzla, then maybe it is a Chris Tierney type that plays there. And credit to see him get paid too, because this is a guy that a lot of people just saw as a throw-in in the San Jose trade with Carlson. And then you look at Twitter and San Jose fans are so upset that they're losing Chris Tierney. He really made himself into a valuable piece for that organization. And he's starting to do the same here in Ottawa. Absolutely. I think if you're the San Jose Sharks, you wish you had a guy like Tierney right now. Like, obviously, they're okay putting him in a trade uh, to acquire Eric Carlson. But he would be a really good piece for that team and a good piece on any team, really. So I'm I'm pretty stoked that, that it was a good dollar value deal and a two-year deal right where you want him. So this worked out perfectly for the Senators and hopefully they can settle with Christian Yarosh, their final remaining restricted free agent and avoid arbitration again. I know we've talked at nauseum about maybe Pierre Doria not being done. Do you think this solidifies the forward group going into next season? No, I don't think so. I think if he's going to make any move, it's going to be up front, right? That that's where there's the most opportunities and roster spots open. Your decor is set. I would be very shocked if Dorian added a defenseman unless he moves Zaitsev's contract, then hole opens up there, or maybe just Zub plugs that hole. 
We don't know. But I think if he's going to do anything, he's going to bring a veteran forward in up front or try to take a low-risk, high-reward chance on some of these free agents that have kind of been cast aside, but they've got that offensive upside. So we know that Chris Tierney will be manning the middle of the ice going forward into the next season at least, and hopefully for the full two years of his contract with Ottawa, but we're not sure about Timmy Stutzla. TSN 1200, I almost said 1050 out of habit, but TSN 1200 reporting this morning, Sean Simpson, who's completely connected to Mannheim and German hockey, well, just connected in general. He said that over the weekend, conversations began between Ottawa and Mannheim in getting Stutzla released from his contract. Is it easier said than done? What does Pilsy think he should do in the near future? We'll get to all that after we tell you about Built Bar because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and it comes in 16 amazing flavors. There's eight that are nut-free, eight have nuts, but all of them are 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, they're great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while you're indulging in this delicious treat. Let me break it down in a nutritional standpoint. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. That's a grand slam of where you want your nutrition coming from your protein bar. You think you work out for no reason? No. Get a Built Bar and supplant that workout with a Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. You can use our promo code Locked On, but if you're going to use a promo code, you want the best value, and that's why Pillsy's here with his pick of the week. Oh, yeah, I got a great pick for you guys. It's a classic flavor. Nothing complicated, nothing too far to reach. A perfect partner for all that chocolate, coconut. Just a nice, light, flaky, blissful experience. The Built Bar Coconut. And a little sneak peek for you guys on the Lockdown Centers podcast. Built Bar Bites, little mini-sized Built Bars are coming out soon, very soon. Look out for those. I think that'd be a great Halloween treat because you know... Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Stay tuned on BuiltBar.com and check out all of the great products that they have. And remember, at checkout, use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Okay, Pilsy, the elephant in the room. Now that the RFAs are all but solidified, Christian Yaros, the lone exception with his November 9th ARB date, it's all about Timmy Superstar. We know he's going to wear number 18, but when? I think we're not going to see him wearing number 18 for the Senators until not this season, but next season. I think more likely we're going to see him playing in the World Juniors for Team Germany, captaining that young, rising star uh, country that's really up their hockey development. And then he probably finishes it off at Alder Mannheim in the DEL and lighting it up, hopefully, at the center position so that he can be ready to play center in the NHL for next season. Because, Ross, for me... There's no rush to get Timmy over here. Let him develop. You got time. You're not a contending team this season. However, if all the pieces work together and uh, you have another good draft and maybe you make some trades, next season you could be a playoff team and that's when you want Timmy Stutzler to arrive. I'm going to play the role here of PR Dorian and you draft a guy third overall. He's the hype. His nickname is Timmy Superstar. Whoever gave that to him, that's a little early. Come on, come on. Um, No, but in all seriousness, this is a guy who clearly, from any interview he's done, wants to play in the NHL. 
ASAP, and who wouldn't? But the hand, of course, throws a bit of a wrench in this plan. I think the next time we see him play will be the World Juniors, which is too bad because it turns out the DEL is actually putting together a few games here and there. Not an official season yet, but it would have been nice to see him back on the ice. That's not going to happen until at least early December. But I just don't see a way that they don't get this figured out because the team wants him here and he wants to be here. I think that you make a good point. There's a shortened season. Is that worth it? And also, it's a case where what's best for him? Is it playing second, third line minutes in the NHL in a shortened season in a new country? Or do you just wait a year and then start the contract the next year? I'm with you on starting the contract the next year. He's comfortable in Germany where he's grown up and he's obviously has good chemistry with his line mates. Give him another year in a professional league against men playing center. And then I think he comes over much more ready and you can give him, like you said, this season, he's probably getting second or third line minutes, which, hey, for your rookie season in the NHL, that's a big load. But you want him to be ready to play top six minutes. And I think it's going to be best to do it, uh, not this season, but the next season. Because Ross, what was your quote about Timmy Stutzler? He's a guy that's going to put butts in seats. Right now, we don't know if there's going to be butts in seats. So why not just wait? Hopefully, the next season, fans are back, and then you open him up in front of all the fans at the CTC. That's what I'm hoping for. I mean, that's a minor part of it, but still, PR Dorian may be thinking that way as well. Let's play a hypothetical. There's 6,000 fans in the seats at the CTC next time he's there. How many of them are wearing Tim Stutzla number 18 jerseys? I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think a lot you're going to see a lot of those jerseys because those jerseys are flying off the shelves. Sens fans are loving them, buying them up fast. So we'll see. I, I, probably a lot more Kachuk jerseys would be my guess. But yeah, the Timmy Stutzla hype, once they get his name and number all ready to go, it's going to be huge. Yeah, you love to see that. And whether it's this year or next, you know you have a future superstar on your hands. Well, with that being said, in the second round, the Sens draft, Robbie Yarventi, as we talked about on the weekend episode of the, of the podcast, but he has been named to the Finnish under-20 preliminary roster, so he hasn't made the team just yet, but there is a break coming up. So Ilves will play one more game, well, Coincidentally, Barrett Hayton will make his Ilvis debut, hopefully alongside Yarventi. But whether he does or doesn't, then they go on break. And Yarventi will be playing against Team Sweden for three games, November 5th, 6th, and 7th. Do you think he has an inside track on making Team Finland? I mean, I, I don't know all the U20 Finnish prospects, I'll be honest. but what with the, the hell? With the showing that he's putting up here, he's got to be at least turning some heads and getting some eyeballs. I think maybe we'll get Yoke on uh, the podcast again to have him give his insight on the finished roster. That's a guy that would know for sure where he's at. But when you see Robbie Yarventi lighting it up like this, you know if you put him on that finished team, he could be a big impact at the World Juniors Tournament. Yeah, seven points in eight games, and what a highlight reel goal. Great anticipation, and then putting a one-timer home on sat in Saturday's tilt. Um, Lassie Thompson, nice to see his teammate who just aged out of the World Juniors. It's actually by like two weeks that he is not eligible to be playing, so that's too bad for Lassie, but he did get on the score sheet with an assist. Yeah, it's great to finally get some positive news about Lassie Thompson. I mean, it, it wasn't an incredible uh, assist or anything like that, but... You're on the stat sheet. You can give yourself a pat on the back and hopefully you have some positive reinforcements and we can see Lassie Thompson get one of those Tom bombs uh, to 
tickle the twine and get a goal in the stats category as well. Yeah, you hope that would then open the floodgates and we can see it over and over again like we did at the start of last season and into the World Juniors. Let's stick in Finland for the final of our Sens in Europe roundup for today. And it's Levi Marilainen. and all this guy does is win. Yep, this is a goalie that wins. And look, he had one of his biggest games. Like the other wins that he has aren't that spectacular. It seemed like low shots and his save percentage wasn't that high. But this was a big deal. Yeah, it was huge. He had 42 saves on 44 shots. They win 5-2 to two against the number one team in the league. So, yeah, if you're a detractor, and I know many were, why are you drafting a goalie 71st overall? You have 100 Especially goals. a goalie no one knows, no one's heard of. Yeah, well, that's the Sens MO, and you can only play against the competition you're playing against. So when he gets to the Liga, yes, that will be a huge step up from the U20s playing right now. I would compare it to, like, Junior A, basically, in Canada. Like, if you're playing Tier tier 2 Junior A sort of deal, under the OHL, of course, and then, yeah, I would say that the Liga is definitely above the OHL, so it is a huge gap in terms of skill. But all you can do is play your schedule, and he's 6-1 and one now with a sparkling, goals against average, and save percentage. So hopefully Marilinen can keep it up, and then maybe he'll earn a contract, which is something that a lot of free agents are still trying to do. Okay, we have to talk about a couple of these unsigned free agents before we go, Pilsy, and most notably, former Sens sniper Mike Hoffman. What is going on there? It seems like teams are filling up their rosters, and he's nowhere to be found. Which is a real surprise, because now you're looking at it, He's the top fish in the sea. Like, no one is going to get you more goals, more points, better value, really, probably, than Mike Hoffman at this point. And I don't know what's going on. I think he's got to be looking now, or at least open to the option of doing a Taylor Hall-style deal, just a one-year big money ticket to a team where he thinks he can produce and up his value for his next contract in next season's free agency. But it's going to be real interesting to see what team actually finally pulls the trigger on him and... I don't think it's going to be the Ottawa Senators if I was a betting man. No, that's uh, very true. Although, man, how many people are left in the organization since his None. Trade? I was thinking that, actually. But I don't think – I think maybe this uh, new era of the Ottawa Senators would welcome him back, but I don't see Mike Hoffman feeling uh, very cozy to coming back to Ottawa. There's a 0.0, take it to the bank, absolutely no chance that Mike Hoffman returns to Ottawa. But how about Anthony Duclair? Still out there. He bet on himself. He's representing himself. What's going on? Is Are both these guys going to have to take one-year contracts? That would be a bit of a shame. If Anthony Duclair ends up on a one-year contract, I think he really needs to look in the mirror and ask himself why he decided to represent himself because finally he hit unrestricted free agency and he has control and he's looking for a big ticket deal if all the rumors are true and this is not the time to be doing that so he's gonna have to decide am I just gonna take another one-year deal or I still am of the belief that the bridge is not burned to the Ottawa Senators I think they're gonna leave the offer they gave him out there and he can always come back if he doesn't find anything better which I think might be the case but on the flip side then I don't see Duclair coming back and taking the kind of pity backup deal because this is a guy that went all out and decided to bet on himself. That would be a tough hit to the ego to come crawling back to the team that you feel lowballed you, so you left, and they didn't even qualify you. So that's going to be interesting. But if he decides to come back to Ottawa, myself, the Sens fan base, and the team would be more than happy to welcome him back. Oh, yeah, welcome back with open arms. Meanwhile, there's a few defensemen who are still on the market. 
And there's, well, there's the Dano Chera. That ship has sailed. That's a direct quote from Pierre Dorian when asked about it on Hockey Central. He literally laughed. I've never seen Dorian uh, show much emotion. When he got asked, are you going to bring back Chara? He started laughing. So I think that's clear. Poor Z, man. That's a tough reaction. Like, what? That's what a GM thinks when asked about bringing me in? I'm a vet. I'm a first Hall of Famer, yeah. Oh, man. But there are two other defense. And which one are you more surprised that is still on the market? Is it Travis Hamanick or is it Sammy Vatanen? For me, it's got to be Sammy Vatanen that I'm surprised is still available because I think when he made that uh, move to move out west for personal reasons and the Calgary Flames, I'm pretty sure gave up two second-round picks to pick him up, his stock really fell down. I don't think anyone would even consider trading two seconds for him now. I mean, obviously, he's uh, still available under free agent. But I think with Sammy Vatanen, if you could get him on a short-term deal, you could add a nice offensive-minded right-shot veteran defenseman to your core and kind of boost some of your younger guys. I'm talking about Ottawa. Uh, again, they would have to move Zaitsev's contract if they were thinking about picking up another right-hand shot defenseman. But he's a guy who can add a nice touch of offense to a team and possibly play some time on the power play. You heard earlier in the offseason the Sens were interested in Travis Hamanick, but with bringing in both Josh Brown and Erica Branson, two rugged right-shot defensemen just like Hamnick, you can all but be certain that that ship has sailed. Well, hey, Dorian said as much. The D looks set, and on paper, it certainly does. And now the forwards look just about set as well. So the news of the day, Chris Tierney, two-year contract with an average of $3.5 million. I, th- I think it's perfect term. If you'd gone more than two years, I think I would have had a bit of an issue with it because then you're blocking a spot from these young kids. But you can't tell me that all of Josh Norris, Tim Stutzla at center, by the way, Logan Brown, that they're all going to be ready in this short period of time. Add Colin White into that where he can play wing or center. It just gives you more flexibility, and I do like the deal. Final thoughts on the Tierney contract now that we've had a full episode to digest it. Yeah, again, I I think it's the same as my initial reaction. I'm happy about the deal. Like you said, two-year contract uh, works really well for the Sens and for Chris Tierney. And look, for all the people that don't think Tierney is a guy that needs to be around, I think you need to understand that maybe he's not around long-term, but his place and his role in cushioning and developing these young prospects could be seen for years to come. Like He's a good penalty killer. He's got good vision. He's got NHL experience, playoff experience. So this is the right deal for both sides. I'm happy for it. Welcome back to Ottawa, Chris Tierney. And we'll leave you with that. That's Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. You've been listening to the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.